0: Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, after a long weekend away, and after the Lakers have a successful weekend while we were away, guess what we're talking about today? Yep, more trade stuff. So, heading into the weekend, reports surfaced that the Lakers are not only looking at the first 20 games of the season as information on whether or not the Lakers. Should make a trade, a Russell Westbrook and two first round picks type of trade. Now we are hearing that, hey, um, those 21st games, that that whole deadline thing, as stupid as it was, let's do that again. And apparently they're going to extend it potentially all the way to December 15th. That would be uh, certainly a decision that they can make. And, you know, I guess what they're hoping to, to see is that the Lakers are still competitive by then. Um, then Then they figure out whether or not, yeah, this is a team worthy of gambling the future on. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Here's why not. Because Anthony Davis is playing incredibly. Because LeBron James eventually, I would imagine, is going to figure stuff out. And he already looked, by the way, in in the second game against San Antonio, like somebody who was figuring it out. So the Lakers could potentially have two top ten to fifteen type players on their roster, and nobody else <laughs> in the top fifty. Uh, it's just it's just excuse after excuse after excuse not to improve this roster. And now look, like in a vacuum. Yeah, there are more players who are going to be available to be traded on December fifteenth, but I don't think any of those players are realistically attainable. Who would have a greater impact than say Miles Turner and Buddy Heald would? Um, and and there are certainly very few players who could be as impactful as those two guys could be. The Lakers could really use a little bit not more size up front because. Uh, Damian Jones is unplayable. Winning Gabriel is small, and Thomas Bryant is going to be inconsistent. Thomas Bryant is your third big makes quite a bit of sense. Uh the Lakers could really use some shooting. Oh, look at that. Buddy Healed would be like the best Lakers shooter ever. Uh <laughs> if if Dennis Schroder is capable of this, and we'll get to this in a bit, what, what we saw from uh over the weekend, then you have way too many guards. A bunch of holes all over your roster and yet another arbitrary and stupid deadline that the Lakers are putting on themselves. And they keep wondering, man, I wonder why teams are refusing to put realistic offers together until we get to those deadlines. Man, I wonder why that's going on. Dennis Schroeder was incredible Uh, in the second game against the San Antonio Spurs. He dropped 21 points, 6 of 6 from the line, 3 of 4 from three-point range. Um, He had that to go with six assists, only one turnover, a few rebounds. Um, Now, do I think that's going to be like a nightly thing from Schroeder? Obviously not. The the 3 of 4 shooting uh, from deep is obviously not something that uh, you can really bank on moving forward. And he is, uh, you know, he's still kind of an awkward fit with LeBron and AD. So, you know, with, with AD out, maybe that gets better with AD there and, and, and all of that. But, yeah, I, I, I think overall that was about as good as you can ask for from Dennis Truder. But if he can come close to that on a fairly nightly basis, then you start looking at Russell Westbrook and, and especially Patrick Beverly and you start saying... Why, what exactly do you do here, right? To, to quote office space. And 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 I do think that uh, Schroeder's emergence or potential emergence should be yet another bit of data that, the, that people can point to as they make the case as to why the Lakers should trade at least Patrick Beverly, <laughs> let alone Russell Westbrook and the two couple picks, Um, there's really no need for Patrick Beverly. If you have Lonnie Walker playing the way that he is, if you have Russell Westbrook playing the way that he is off of the bench, and then now you have Dennis Schroeder being potentially productive. Um, if Kendrick Nunn ever like shows a pulse, then that's way too many guards and not enough minutes to go around. And again, like I just said a second ago, holes elsewhere on the roster. So, uh, Yeah, I I thought it was a great game from Schroeder. Again, I don't think it's replicable, and I can understand why people would be a little wary of wanting to factor him into plans for the rest of the season. But the way that I look at it is you need to add, you need to fill holes elsewhere anyway, and you're already starting to figure out that like Lonnie Walker is going to be your primary point guard anyway. So why not try to utilize or or try to try to see if if Dennis Schroeder can step into a more realistic role on this roster than the Lakers maybe had in mind for him two years ago, two seasons ago, and and kind of go from there. Just for the sake of of pointing this stuff out, though, let's take a look at the roster from, say, the end of November, which would which would be the, the 20 game mark that was the original deadline that the Lakers were working with through December fifteenth? Right, they play on the sixteenth, but they have a game on on the thirteenth. So December second, they have they play at Milwaukee, probably a loss. December fourth, they're playing at Washington. Something you could you could potentially see a win there. Um, LeBron going to Cleveland is usually a a a good night for whatever team he's playing on, so that could be a win. At Toronto, Toronto has a lot of length and I think would give the Lakers some issues. But, you know, maybe you fight and 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 you sneak out of there with a win. Philadelphia has been kind of a mess. That's at Philadelphia. Okay, I could maybe see it. At Detroit, that should be a win. And then uh, the last game before this next supposed deadline um, would be at home against Boston. So there are a handful of, of winnable games there. And essentially, if what the Lakers are looking for is like 500-ish basketball, that is relatively attainable, right? Especially if they win tonight against Indiana. And then if they can maybe sneak a win against Portland and enter this next stretch at 8-11 and 11, or 9-11, and 11, uh, that that's workable, right? That's manageable. If you could just win two more games than you lose bet- between now and December uh, 15th, then that should be enough kind of, again, data that would make the Lakers feel more confident in, in gambling on this team. I just, here's my thing. I don't think it should come to that. I, <laughs> th- this is pretty straightforward. They They, being LeBron and AD, are just somehow using every ounce that they can muster to keep to make this team as respectable as it is right now And eight and eleven is or seven and eleven is better than I thought they would look at this stage in the season and it's all because AD has been an MVP candidate and LeBron is is starting to figure some stuff out um, I think asking those guys to continue to do that and and continue to try to make this absolute farce of a roster work while the Lakers hold it against them if they can't, is it's it's a really easy way to ruffle feathers and and hurt relationships moving forward. And the Lakers' relationship with clutch, I know that people are kind of sick of it, and there's there's some aspects of it that I can I understand being frustrated with. But if the Lakers burn that bridge with Clutch by the way that they're handling this season, then this, like, even beyond as frustrating as the last two years will have been, ruining that relationship with Clutch and becoming, you know, known around the league as a joke of an organization, um, look at how things have worked out for the Knicks under James Dolan. And if you develop that relationship where, the owner is seen as kind of a joke, then that's really hard to turn around as far as reputation goes. And, you know, if the Lakers, again, they if they keep on doing this whole, well, here's the next deadline, and here's the next deadline, and here's the next deadline thing, and they waste yet another season of prime LeBron, let alone a season of prime LeBron, and apparently peak Anthony Davis, if they waste that kind of a year, then... That reputation of becoming kind of a joke, that becomes louder and louder and louder, and they would deserve every decibel of it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, apologies for the way that my voice sounds right now. Avery brought some kind of a bug home from uh, daycare <laughs> with her, so shouts to toddlers being toddlers. Um, a really fun show ahead of us here in a little bit by the time you guys are listening to this. I don't like giving away guests, but it is, he is kind of a friend of the show, somebody I've spoken to before, somebody who I have an immense amount of respect for, um, so you're going to want to wait and see and then eventually listen to that pod when it comes out. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you check out Jacob and Hani's recap of the last few days while everybody has been off. last couple games while everybody has been off um and we are going to hit the 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 ground running as we try to get our post thanksgiving kind of slumber and put that behind us so until i talk to you guys next i'm anthony Irwin, saying have a good one